What up, what's happening, my good people? Without further ado, I got to bring you our next guest. He was a football standout at the Air Force Academy, right? He previously served in the Air Force, NASA, and the Department of Justice. He led corporate social responsibility at Chick-fil-A and was the executive director of the Chick-fil-A Foundation. Last but not least... He was named one of the most influential Atlantans four years in a row. Please welcome to the BTM Lounge. Give it up to the CEO of the same house, my guy, Rodney Bullard. Man. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, brother. Welcome. I had, I had to make you feel like you was coming out the tunnel know, like I, back I, in the day, baby. I was baby. to put on some pads, boy. I was ready to go. I know it, dog. That's what we share in common, though. Oh, we share a lot of stuff in common. We do. But we share a lot in common. The football stuff definitely sticks out. Absolutely, man. You know I'm a big fan. Yeah, man. So, look here. You were one of the best to, uh, to ever play the game. So, great to be here with you. Oh, uh, bro. All blessings, man. And to this point, I was talking with Tuton and... He was like, man, everybody either knows Rodney or they want to know Rodney. And, um, and you know, we joke about that because we talk about how people always try to touch us. And, hey, 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 hey. But when you show up, you show out, bro. So man, I want to commend you, you on that, Thank taking you. time to come by the BTM Lounge and bless uh-huh. us with your presence and your knowledge. And we want to find out what's going on with you, bro. Absolutely, man. Well, we are out here trying to do the best we can. We just left Chick-fil-A. And uh, enjoyed that opportunity, that journey to grow the Chick-fil-A Foundation, to start it, to grow it, and to make sure that it was impactful towards economic mobility. Um, but we're continuing to work. We're continuing to work in other ways. And you have been to our beloved benefit. Yep. And so uh, I know that your listeners and your viewers don't know what the beloved benefit is, but it is a wonderful star-studded event. It's like the Grammys in Atlanta. And we have everybody come out. So the first year we had Bruno Mars, as you may recall. Mm -hmm. And the second year we had Usher and Maroon 5. And we raised money for nonprofit organizations in the city of Atlanta. But even more so, it is basically corporate Atlanta's event. So Home Depot, Chick-fil-A, UPS, Delta, they all sponsor this event so that Atlanta can come together. Uh, so that we can break bread together, be in the same space together, and we can have a good time together. So I love the event, love the opportunity to continue to perpetuate it and do even more with it. And you you created Same House. Now yes. that's your baby. You're running it. That's right. Give us some backstory of how did you come up with the name Same House? Yeah. Because obviously I know, but when I tell you, when you, when you're able to walk into a room and you see people from all different kinds, whether or not different social, social e- economic backgrounds, yes. people work in different areas, but everybody is sitting at the same table, yes. same, house, same house, but I'm not going to take it. I want Come you on, to kind you of share on it. So the beloved benefit, we talked about that. And 20 to 30% of the tickets go to the community. And so many of these events in Atlanta that you and I have been to, you know, they're black tie events. They're stuffy. Yep. And it's the wealthiest of the wealthy of Atlanta or Chicago or whatever city you're in. And, you know, we may be having a fundraiser, but the people who are benefiting aren't actually there. Mm-hmm. And so, look, man, I grew up in South DeKalb. 
I felt like that was a disconnect. The folks who I grew up with, they would be comfortable there too. They would want to have a good time there as well. And so we give away 20 to 30% of the tickets. And we have long tables, not round tables. And we eat family style. And at the very first beloved benefit, Congressman Lewis, and in what may have been his last big public appearance, because he had cancer and we didn't know that he was ill, mm-hmm. but he got up and he said, we are one people, one family. We all belong to the same house, the house of Atlanta, Georgia. And that resonated with me. That touched my soul. And I think about really, not only from a, a physical standpoint, this city is our house, our structure. It is what we all love. It's the reason why we intentionally live here. And even more so, you know, our city is, is ours to protect as we would in football. Right. We must protect this house. And so uh, we have to really think about our community as a single home. And as you and I talked about off air, you wouldn't in one part of your house allow the kitchen to be burning down as you knowingly sit in your living room while part of your house is burning down. You wouldn't do that. No. And so we have the opportunity to put our fires in other communities throughout the city of Atlanta, but also throughout Georgia, and at some point also throughout this country. Yeah, I think that's dope because, you know, it's one thing to highlight just certain things that you see. Yes. You know, people talk about it. Some people don't talk about it, and they act as if it if it goes away. Yes. But I think the beautiful thing, what I've seen you be able to do, bring people together from different backgrounds, have a seat at the table. Yes. And typically, it's some people, I think of some of the guests who I met just from you. Yeah. And I never thought I would have met them. Yes. Even going all the way to uh, Dan Cathy. Yes. You know what I mean? So to be able to have these conversations, I know personally it has benefited me just from a personal side, from learning, being able to implement some of the things that I've seen, what they do with their families or just their thought process and yeah. business. So ultimately, that's what you're doing, right? Just right. you want to spread that wealth amongst mm-hmm. everybody. About a question. I'm glad you mentioned Dan Cathy. So Dan Cathy, former CEO of Chick-fil-A, you know, this was in part his vision uh, to bring people together. And the funny thing about that is I don't have to agree with everything that you might think, say, or do, but we still live in the same house and we can treat each other as brothers and sisters. And the notion of coming together uh, really is important because we need to solve these problems collectively. It's not just up to me or to you to solve a single problem. Neither one of us has the capacity or the time to do it. Mm -hmm. But collectively, we can do it. Uh, And if we think about that, a good friend of mine, uh, Dr. Gregory Ellison, is uh, from Atlanta, born and raised. He's a professor over at Emory's School of Theology. And he told me this story, and it just stuck with me. He said that when he was six years old, he had an aunt, and his aunt was really smart. And he would quiz her, and he would always try and stump her. And he said, one day he asked her, how do you save the world? And she said, I don't know how you save the world, baby, but I know you can do what you can do within your own three feet. And so, look, you do your three feet. It's this show. It's your celebrity. It's all the things you do in the community. Mm -hmm. And I do my three feet. It's not the same as yours. It doesn't have to be. But it meets up and rubs up against your three feet. And if all of us do our thing, our three feet. Are we touching a whole lot of people? Touching a whole lot of people. Yo, if you thought the McCrispy was bussin', 
hold up. Bacon and Ranch have entered the chat. Say hello to the Bacon Ranch McCrispy. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I participate in McDonald's. Limited time only. Bruh, great team concept. Yes. And I know that probably came from your early beginnings just playing football, yes. going back to the Air Force Academy. Yes. We've talked about it. You had a lot of great intentions on being the All-American pick. Yeah. Going to the next level, yeah. but you sustained a knee injury. I did. And it made you pivot. Yes. And you went to law and also just academics. That's what you put your mind and you focus on. Share some of the things that you learned from going through that experience yes. of playing football at the Air Force and being, bringing it on to business. Absolutely, man. So grew up here, went to Redan High School, played football at Redan, was a uh, decorated football player there, went off to the Air Force Academy. And we were top 25 three out of the four years I was there. So we were a good football team. Uh, our quarterback was uh, number four in the Heisman ballot, and we were a good team. And I prayed before I went to the Air Force Academy that I would be All-American. But I was not specific enough for God, apparently, because I was All-American mock trial and not All-American football. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, God, what, what are we doing? And I blew out my knee, man. I blew out my knee my junior year. And, uh, and my mother reminded me, that I didn't just go to the Air Force Academy for football, but that was it was academics. And there was also a mock trial team. I had done mock trial in eighth grade through twelfth grade. I was all state mock trial and in football. And I chose the Air Force Academy in part because of the mock trial team and its academics. Cause that's what I'm over here thinking, like, how did you come get a brother all the way from <laughs> Decatur and he goes to the Air Force Academy? All the way to Colorado, brother. Where Whoa. it's cold. It's cold. It's real cold. In fact, the first time it snowed, I said, are we going to school? And they said, <laughs> they said yeah, son, we go to school in the snow. Because <laughs> down here, probably never. Man, all we have to do is forecast snow and we don't go to school. Yeah. So, you know, I was completely, uh, I was upset. I was like, I made the wrong choice. But the blessing of that was I understood and I learned that when one door closes, another door opens. And so I went out for the mock trial team, mm -hmm. and I was the largest person going out for the mock trial team and the only black person. And they looked at me, and they said they didn't have any room. And they said, uh, I'm sorry, but we don't, we don't have any spots for you. And so I came back the next day after I thought about it, and I said, well, can I start my own team? And I started my own team, and the team looked just like me. Uh, and I got enough people, and we ended up being All-American in mock trial. I was number one on the West Coast. Uh, and that led to a scholarship, a healthy scholarship, 80% ride at Duke Law. And so, you know, I've learned that just like in football, when you get knocked down, you just got to get back up. Mm -hmm. And you get back up as quickly as you can, and you got to have a short memory. And so that, uh, that was a lesson that I took from football that has always translated to life. When you were rejected, mm -hmm. as far as not being able to be part of the team, all right, I go make my own team. Did you realize at that point that you had the gift of being able to gather people together similar to what you're doing right now? You know what, man? I, I, I did. Uh, I probably didn't. It wasn't as clear to me then as it is now that leadership is a gift uh, and that bringing people together is a privilege. And you have to be very careful with that. And you have to take care of people when they come and they follow you mm -hmm. or they come and they work beside you. Because really, this isn't about followership. This is about togetherness, shoulder to shoulder. Together. And so, um, yeah, that was a, a blessing that I learned then 
and uh, and I don't take for granted now. Very rarely we have Atlanta natives come into the lounge and share their stories. I'm a down south Georgia boy, but not born and raised in the city of Atlanta. But we got you, though. So um, you played the game, played mm-hmm. it at a high level, but it wasn't by accident. Your father played the game as well. He did. He did, man. Uh, played with the Denver Broncos. He did. So talk about that influence and the impact that it had on your life at such a young age that propelled you to what you're doing now. Yeah, man. My father's story, my father just recently passed uh, last year. And my father went to Morehouse College, and he was um, he was president of the student body and captain of the football team. And he tells me, he told me this story when I was young that, when he was in high school, he went to high school in Houston at uh, Booker T. Washington High School, and they won the state championship. And my father was All-State for like three or four years at offensive tackle. And he, uh, he wanted to play football in college, but my grandmother said no, that he wasn't going to play football. He was going for academics because she thought that academics was the only way. And so he goes to Morehouse College, gets accepted to Morehouse on an academic scholarship. And back then, you would get on a train, and you would then take the train from Houston to Atlanta. And so he got off the train in Atlanta, and the football coach at Morehouse was receiving his recruits. And he sees my father. Now, my father played offensive line. In the 60s, he was 6'5", 330 pounds. Oh, yeah. And so... Stud. (laughs) He was stud. And... The coach was like, I didn't recruit you. Do you play football? He said, no, sir. He said, where are you from? He said, I'm from Houston. And he said, what high school? Booker T. Washington. The coach calls back to Booker T. Washington and says, do you know a, a kid by the name of James Buller? And he says, uh, yeah, that's, that was one of the best football players we ever had. So the coach goes over, gives my father pads, and my father played football for two years without my grandmother knowing about it. Wow. <laughs> and so he was All-American and, uh, at Morehouse and then went off to play for the Denver Broncos. And I tell that story because, you know, it's important because academics and athletics both matter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's important that we think that they both matter. And there's an equal weight to both of them. And my father taught me that. And he also taught me to, uh, to love everything Atlanta because this is where we're from. So I'm a long-standing Atlanta Falcon fan. Uh, you know, I, I'm not deterred by 28 and 3. Uh, we're going to win the Super Bowl one day. And uh, and I'm gonna be there when we do. I was listen. I was hold on. I think I still was. I still playing in the league. Probably was not. But it's hard though. Oh, like, it's hard, that was bro. heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. I didn't watch ESPN for a month. And everybody be complaining about. Oh, it's the curse. It's the curse. Man, it ain't no curse. Whatever. Whatever. Look here. It was a curse in Kansas City before they were good. Hello. It was a curse everywhere else. Buffalo's good, brother. Look here. Y'all got a squad. Yep. Uh, finally, they, it's, finally. It's, 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 it took quite some time. It did. It did. But we get enough draft picks in here. And, and I know Arthur Blank wants to win, so he's going to spend the money. Yep. Uh, I just, it's not going to be next year. <laughs> it's not going to be next year. All right. Big fan. So when you look at, they hold a number. Number eight. Eight pick. Yep. Thank you. I told you I'm a fan, brother. So, like, who would you like to see them get in mm. order to, to kind of help them, because they got to be, they got to win out in the South yeah. before they do anything else. We do, we do. And uh, you see what New Orleans has done. You see what Carolina's doing. Yeah. And so we need a corner uh, because we need to hold up against 
both, they, they talk about our rush, that we don't have enough rush. The truth of the matter is, you got to have both the rush and you got to be able to defend on the back end. Amen. And we haven't been able to defend on the back end well enough historically. Uh, and you got, you know, AJ Terrell back there. That's great, but that's it. So I, I would love to see a, a quality corner paired with them. And if not, if you don't have that, then, then give me a, a rush in and let's play the game. Now, if Jalen Carter's there, I don't care what you say. You got to get him. You got to get him. He's a, he's a man child. He is. You saw the LSU game where he picked the boy up? Picked him up for a photo op. I know, like a rag doll. Yeah, he did. That yeah. was beautiful, too. But when you, all right, let's say free agency. Okay. You just say, you know what? Mm. Maybe I don't need this first round pick. Yeah. And I know they got Desmond Ritter, but I do like the thoughts of like, what if Lamar Jackson was down here look, in Chocolate City? Look, Coach, what you think? So I, I grew up with Michael Vick, brother. Ooh. So Lamar Jackson gives me vibes of Michael Vick. Uh, I can tell you this: we would be competitive, and I don't know if we would go to the Super Bowl immediately but it would be on the destination. And would I give up two first-round picks? No. But if something happens where we can give up a little bit less than that, yeah, I would. It's worth entertaining. Oh, it is. I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. You got to think about it. Totally agree. One of the things that just looking at you, like the totality of what you bring to the table, you're an author also as well. Thank you, man. And um, your book, best-selling author, Heroes Wanted. Why the World Needs You to Live Your Heart Out. Yes. Which was published back in 2018. Yes. What gave you the inspiration? You know, what gave me the inspiration initially was I saw friends of mine who also wrote books. And iron sharpens iron. I truly believe that. Uh, I know you felt that in football, you know, just being next to somebody who who was going at it with you. Um, A friend of mine, governor of Maryland, Wes Moore. Wes Moore wrote a book, The Other Wes Moore. And he did that in 2006. And I met Wes in 2005, and we became cool, and we were friends. And I was like, this brother wrote a book about his life. And it's not braggadocious. It's instructive to other people. Right. And I was like, you know what? I hope to live a life that I can do the same thing. And when I got to a point where I felt like I had something to say, Heroes Wanted was the name of the book and, and really was my offering of these are some stories from my life that I want to offer. And one of the stories is I had a first grade teacher, Mrs. Adams, and I had a difficult time reading and writing. And my mother, who was my hero, uh, decided she wasn't going to put me in a developmentally slower class, but she was going to change schools. And so I went to a new school and this lady by the name of Mrs. Adams, who was, I was taller than her in first grade, man. And, uh, but she decided that after School was over, even though I wasn't doing well in school. When school had, was over, she was going to take me and tutor me, and she taught me to read phonetically. And I, three grade levels ahead of my peers, and I wouldn't have gone to the Air Force Academy or Georgia or Harvard Business School or Duke Law or any of those places if it were not for her. Nah, so. That's, that's, that's uh, very instrumental. And I guess my next question, because people always ask me, like, yeah. well, What's the one thing you want somebody to take away from Heroes Wanted? Mm. The one thing I want people to take away from Heroes Wanted is that you are the hero and that the world needs what you have, what 
you are gifted to do is what the world needs. That's why God put it in you. And we're often waiting for that singular hero, that billionaire, that that genius, that whatever, that superman, that superwoman coming out the sky. And that's not going to happen. At the end of the day, we have to use our three feet, see what was right there in front of us. And in part, we fail to do that. We drive past a neighborhood or we drive past somebody or we walk past somebody that we can see is having a hard day. No, it's incumbent upon us to be other people's heroes. Doesn't have to be I teach you to read. Doesn't have to be I... You know, I donate a million dollars. It can be whatever gift you have. Give that to the world. That's funny you say that because um, Dan Cathy, yes. uh, when I when I met him with you, he talked about it's important that we share our gift yes. with the world. That's yes. the reason why he felt like we were blessed to be able to have it. And uh, one of my new gifts is loving golf right now. Mm. Come so on I now. need to ask you: Do you you have you gotten into the game? Ooh, you slowed brother, down enough brother. to get into the game? Because I, Dan been he's been dodging me. Dan's been dodging you. I think he's been dodging me. Now Dan, I will tell you this, man. Dan's a good athlete at seventy years old. So I have a friend. I'm I'm not even gonna say his name on air because I want to embarrass him with this story. <laughs> but he was thirty years younger than Dan, so he goes out for the Peachtree Road Race, and he's trying to keep up with Dan, and he's a runner. This guy who's trying to keep up with Dan, 30 years younger than Dan, is a runner. He falls out, and they had to call the paramedics to get him. And so Dan's serious. Uh, and Dan, I know, because I just saw him down in Florida in West Palm Beach, I know he's out there golfing. So look here, I think you can get him. My money's on you, but it might be closer than you think, brother. I got to talk to him then. Yeah, you got to talk to him. Sounds like he got a lot of time to play yeah. golf. Now, you don't have to worry about me because I'm, I'm, the, I'm the captain of the bad golfers club. <laughs> <laughs> My game is long and wide. <laughs> Looking back at your career, how you've helped so many peoples and you've brought a lot of people to the, having a seat at the table, does it ever dawn on you that, man, I've done a lot of good stuff and a lot of good deeds mm. to people mm. and for people? You know, what I truly think about is I think that there have been a lot of people who've done good things for me and put me in a position to help other people. I think about the shoulders that I stand on. I think about my grandmother and other people's mothers and grandmothers who helped me be in a position and that it is my reasonable service to pass it forward, to pay it forward. And I think about we're not done. We've got more to do. And so uh, I, don't, I haven't taken the time to think not even once about anything that we have done or doing now. But I'm grateful for those who helped me, and, and I'm intentional that we have more work to do. Anytime you do any work when it comes to helping people or helping your own people, it becomes fatiguing. Yes, it does. And then essentially we all have a mask and we want to put it on, yes. and we try to hide behind that mask. Yes. But I think I know the answer, but just to shed some light on it, when you pull the mask down yeah. away from Rodney Bullard, who is Rodney Bullard? Uh, I'm Jim and Peggy's son, man. I'm a, I'm a product of South DeKalb. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm a father. I'm a, a husband. Uh, I think I told you earlier that both my parents passed away within seven months of each other last year. Yeah, sorry about that, too. Yeah, man, but, but 
for me, that crystallizes to who I was and who I am. That that it's about family. It's about uh, it's about the most basic things that uh, that we miss out on by just being too busy sometimes. And it can be fatiguing, um, but I've been very intentional that, you know, I'm not going to just take care of other people's kids. I got to take care of mine. And uh, and so um, it's one of the reasons why you, you and I talked about taking time away. Mm-hmm. And I take a week uh, every year just to go and walk about and to make sure that I'm, uh, I'm taking care of myself. Uh, and so I got a little little work to do to get back to where I want to be. Uh, and so I'm doing that now just to retrench mentally, physically. Uh, so that's important, man. Well, bro, we appreciate the leadership. Come on, man. Thank you. And we always here to help you. And we appreciate you coming inside of the lounge, letting everybody know, because this is a new audience and we like to feed them different things. So appreciate the insight, my brother. Man, it's a it's an honor. Thank you for letting this Georgia Bulldog come up in here. I know, I know you Listen, all... Listen, the only, re- only reason y'all won the national. <laughs> you won the natty, so you can't deny a national champion. That's all right, come As on. iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. So look here, I'm rooting for you as long as you don't play the dogs. I know what that happens late in the year in October <laughs> when we play you guys. Come on, that's it. Already, bro. I appreciate Thank you, you baby. Definitely. Behind the mask.